All right, we're going to continue with the message today. We're wrapping up the teaching series called Hereafter, what the Bible has to say about life after death and what lies ahead. Let's kind of review where we've been to get us to this point. In the first week, we talked about the history of heaven, the big picture. The sermon was called Between Two Gardens. And then uh, the second Sunday, we talked about the intermediate states. Where's grandma? Um, What happens when we die today? The present heaven and also the intermediate state of Hades or Sheol. And then we've talked about how we await the return of Jesus, the moment we've all been waiting for, the second coming of Christ. And when Jesus comes back, several things will happen. One of them will be the resurrection. Everyone will be resurrected from the dead. We will have new bodies. The other th- another thing that will happen is that Jesus will judge. He will judge the world. And then we will enter into final states, the final heaven and the final hell. And last Sunday, we began talking about the nature of heaven. And we talked about this place that will be beyond your wildest dreams, a place of perfect peace, total holiness, and absolute beauty, a green oasis. Today, we're going to talk about what we're going to do in heaven. And, and the title of the message is The Time of Your Life. Oh, I've got the wrong title up there. <laughs> That's from a different one, the moment you've all been waiting for. No, it's not called that. I don't know if you can edit that on the fly, Janessa. But the title of the message is actually The Time of Your Life. That was a... That's what happens when I do my slides late at night on a Saturday. Um, What are we going to do in heaven? How are we going to spend that time? A lot of people have uh, this image in their minds of clouds and harps and never-ending church services. Uh, A boy in Sunday school once said that he thought heaven would be like singing the hymn book all the way through from the front to the back and then going back to the beginning and doing it again and again and again. (laughs) This idea that heaven will be boring is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Anyone who suggests that heaven will be boring couldn't be more wrong. Heaven will be the exact opposite of boredom. It seems to me that Satan may be responsible for spinning this farce about heaven, because if he can convince people that the biblical Christian idea of heaven is completely uninteresting and unappealing, then maybe he can convince people not to bother with Christianity at all. Why give your life to this Jesus guy if the reward at the end of it all isn't even something that you desire? It would be like paying your entire life for a product or service you didn't even want in the first place. Some of you may do that presently. (laughs) So Satan's strategy is to convince us that heaven is something we don't even want. But let me say this. If you have any notion at all that heaven will be boring, you couldn't be further from the truth. Heaven will be the greatest adventure you've ever experienced, the most satisfying time you've ever had, the utmost thrill of your existence. You know those things in life that make you feel alive, those things that energize you and give you joy, those things that breathe life into your soul? Well, in heaven, you will be more alive than you've ever been. It's called eternal life, you know, eternal life, not endless boredom. So, 
Remember, by the way, which heaven we're talking about. We're talking not about the present heaven, those who are the, the, soul, the disembodied souls of those who have died uh, since the coming of Christ, the first coming of Christ. We're talking about the final heaven, heaven on the renewed earth after Jesus returns. The, the present heaven today is still good. It's with Jesus. But for the most part, when the Bible describes the heaven where we will live forever and we think about these images of heaven in our mind, we are thinking about, we should be thinking about the new heaven, the new earth, the final heaven after Christ returns. So the question is, what will we do in heaven? What will we do? Actually, the things we will be doing in heaven are much of the same things as Christians that we're doing now or that we're supposed to be doing now, except in heaven, those things will be perfected, fully redeemed, flawless. So I want to go over four things we will do in heaven. This is not an exhaustive list, but I think these sort of broad categories sum up the majority of of what our activity in heaven will be. The first thing is this. In heaven, we will learn. We will learn. We will be students. Part of our life now is learning, uh, studying God's word, uh, learning about the world in which we live, studying science and God's creation, all these sorts of things, learning new skills, growing as disciples of Jesus. But even just, yeah, just learning in general, being students, is, it's good. That's, this is a good thing. God gave us brains that can learn. But here in this life, our ability to learn and to know things is limited. Some of you say, yeah, amen, I really, like, I have a hard time learning new things. Um, but, and, and we also have a lot of hard questions that cannot be answered. We have limitations on human discovery. But listen to verse uh, 12 of 1 Corinthians 13. This is what it says. Now we see in a mirror dimly. Right now, as we look, we see things dimly, darkly. It's like we can't get the full picture. But then, meaning in this eternal state, we will, we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. I love that verse. I love too that we will be fully known. Isn't that cool? You ever feel like no one gets you? You know, no one gets me or I'm so alone or no one really understands what's going on in my heart or in my mind or in my life, in heaven you will be fully known. But not only that, you will know fully as well. We will have a new and fuller knowledge in heaven. And that word in the Greek doesn't necessarily mean that we will know everything immediately, but that we will, our, our ability to learn and grow will be enhanced. The generally accepted belief is that in heaven we won't suddenly know all, but we will have an eternity to learn, and we'll be able to learn from the greats, right? You know, you want to take a course in, uh, I don't know, quantum mechanics or quantum physics or whatever, you can go have, take a class with Einstein if he's in heaven. I don't know if he's in heaven. I guess that's assumption. But anyway, um, the general, most universities have what's called a continuing education program, which is for people who've been out of school for a while who want to go back and learn new things, right? Uh, kind of a cool thing that most universities offer. Well, I think that basically heaven will have a continuing education program. Um, 
So let's talk about some of the classes that will be offered in Heaven's Continuing Education Program. Theology. Theology. We'll be able to ask God all those big questions we've been wondering about over, the, over our lives. Those why questions. Those times in life when we didn't understand what God was doing. Those times when we, we just had to trust that He had a plan. Well, we'll be able to get the answers we've been looking for. Maybe we won't even care at that point, but the option will be there to show, for us to learn the awesome reasons for the things we never understood in life. Uh, be a class on Bible, all right? Bible class. Uh, all those uh, things you've been stumped with in God's Word. You know, uh, hey, Paul, what did you mean by, by this when you wrote that? Oh, this is what I meant. Ah, oh, thanks. Now I understand. Um, uh, science. Want to take a field trip around the universe? Why not? Maybe we'll get to live our very own Star Trek mission. Boldly go where no man has gone before. Music, art. We know that music will be a part of heaven because so many images in heaven involve singing, music. Uh, have you ever wanted to learn to play an instrument, never had the time to learn how to paint or sculpt? In heaven, you'll have all the time you'll ever need to learn these things. What about gym class? Will there be sports in heaven? Why not? Somebody once asked me, will there be golf in heaven? I don't know. I can't find a verse about it, but probably. Why not? There's a saying that golf in heaven will be boring because you'll always get a hole in one. I don't know. Maybe. Um, the point is, heaven will be a place of continuous discovery and learning, growing, and development. So one of the things we will do in heaven is we will learn. We will have an eternity to learn and discover. I think that's beautiful. Okay, what else will we do in heaven? We will fellowship. We will fellowship. Fellowship is what happens when believers get together and spend meaningful time together. That's a key part of what we're supposed to be doing now in this life as Jesus' people. Fellowshipping with one another, spending time together, caring for one another, listening and learning from each other, laughing together. That's God's desire for His church. And when we have meaningful fellowship, it's really nice, isn't it? I mean, you can probably think of times when you've had really nice, wonderful times of fellowship with friends and family, believers in Christ. We'll have friends over sometimes, and Julia, after they go, Julia and I will often say, Gosh, we really enjoy spending time with these people. They're just so nice. We say that most of the time, right? Sometimes we go, gee, I'm glad they're gone. I'm looking at our friends. Um, now, fellowship is sweet. Fellowship is sweet. But fellowship on earth today is just a rehearsal for the real deal when we get to heaven. Heaven will be fellowship on a mega scale. Uh, here, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. This is a, a window into heaven in the Bible. And it says this, After I looked, I, and behold, I saw a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hand, hands. That's one serious fellowship event. People from every nation, every tribe, every people group, every language on the face of the earth. According to the internet, there are 6,909 distinct languages in the world today. The Bible says they will all be represented around the throne. Talk about multicultural. If you don't like multiculturalism in Canada, I hate to break it to you, but heaven is going to be as diverse as the entire planet. 
Indeed, every Christian and every Old Testament saint that's ever lived from anywhere in the world will be there. Famous and unknown. Abraham, King David, John the Baptist, the Apostle Paul, your old Sunday school teacher, the quiet little elderly lady in the back pew, uh, believers from Africa, Asia, the Middle East, South America, and so on. They'll, they'll, all, they'll all be there. Baptist, Pentecostal, Catholic, Wesleyan, non-denominational, doesn't matter. What matters is if they were true, born-again followers of Jesus Christ. The only label that matters in heaven is Christian. And if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, you are guaranteed citizenship in heaven. No English proficiency exam required. <laughs> and of course, that means that your loved ones, your loved ones who knew the Lord, who were saved by his grace through faith, will also be in heaven. You will see them again. Truly, heaven will be the greatest family reunion imaginable. And not just your biological family, but the family of God. All your brothers and sisters in Christ from all over the world. So yeah, it's going to be some good fellowship. I bet we'll have potlucks. <laughs> what else will we do in heaven? We will work. Oh, what? I thought we were just going to float around on clouds all day and just lay in our eternal hammocks. Um, well, just like we have work to do here, we will have work to do there. Yes, heaven will be a place of rest. Praise God, we need some rest. But God also has a job for you. Ah, oh, what? I don't want to work in heaven. I hate work. I just want to play video games in my parents' heavenly basement forever. <laughs> Well, if that's you, the reason you hate work is because of sin. That's the reason you hate your job. Work existed before Adam and Eve sinned. Did you know that? Work is good. Work is part of God's good design. He, he created Adam and Eve, and he said, all right, get to work. Shape this world into something good. Be productive. Be fruitful and multiply. Grow things and, 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 and make good things of my creation. And then when... Adam and Eve sinned, then the creation was cursed, and work uh, was part of that curse, and that work would become difficult as a result of sin. So, if you hate your job, it's because of the brokenness of our world, and that's going to be fixed. So, you won't hate your work anymore. Listen to the promise of the new earth, the new heaven. Uh, in Revelation 22, Verse 3, no longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. The curse from way back in Genesis chapter 3 will be lifted. It will be like, work will be like it was in the Garden of Eden, totally enjoyable, fulfilling, and satisfying. Gardening, but without the weeds, perhaps. Building incredible new things, but without the budget constraints and so on. I can't say exactly what your specific job will be. I have no idea. But the scripture gives us an indication that we will work. We will be God's servants. The word is right there. His servants will worship him. We will serve the Lord in his creation. It also says we will, uh, we will worship him. We'll talk about that in a minute. <clears throat> in the next couple of verses in Revelation 22, 
We are told that part of our service, our job, some element of our work in heaven will be helping Jesus rule the world. Did you know that? That's what the Bible says. Verse 4 of Revelation 22 says, They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. Uh, Verse 5, And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun. For the Lord their God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. They, meaning us, those of us who are in heaven, will reign forever and ever. Paul made a reference to this truth in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He said, This saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Co-heirs with Christ, the Bible says. So what does it mean for us to reign with Jesus in the kingdom? Do we each get our own thrones and we get to tell people what to do? Is that what it means? Um, that wouldn't make sense because then who's, who are, who's subject to us if we're all reigning and ruling? I don't think that's what it means. Um, I think it means to me sort of like what it meant for Adam and Eve, that they were given dominion over creation in the beginning. We will all have roles and responsibilities in the administration of King Jesus. He reigns over creation, and we get to be part of his team, each of us playing our unique and important roles. If you remember in Matthew 25, Jesus tells the parable of the good, faithful servants, and he says in Matthew 25, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. And I think that's the idea that when we enter into heaven, God will say, all right, Shannon, you've been faithful over this in in this life. I'm going to put you in charge of the ministry of roses or whatever. I don't know. And and I'm going to put this, oh, you, oh, wow, you're such a great musician. I'm going to put you in charge of the the ministry of teaching people how to play the drums or something. I don't know. Um, But you're going to have some responsibility in the administration of King Jesus. We will reign with him. I love that. Okay, so in heaven, we're going to learn. We're going to fellowship with one another. We're going to work. We'll have things to do that are going to be wonderful and fulfilling. And we will worship. We will worship. Oh, man, will we worship. Today, we worship God, right? And we lift our hands. We lift our voices, and it's nice. But there, we will worship God like never before. In the Bible, just about every glimpse that we have into the heavenly realm shows worship taking place. The book of Revelation is a vision that God gave John, and he too sees worship in heaven. Here's one picture of that. In Revelation chapter 5, we see, and there are some really great scenes of worship in the book of Revelation. But listen to this, Revelation 5, verses 11 to 14. Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders, and they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, even, even the ocean creatures, and they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, Amen, 
and the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the lamb. <laughs> Man, that's quite the scene. That's quite the scene. All creatures of our God and King lifting up their voice and singing in total worship to the Lord. Everything declaring the glory of God. I mentioned a book last week called The 21 Most Amazing Truths About Heaven by Dave Early. And he has some great, um, he puts things in some really neat words that I really like. And so here's how he describes the worship in heaven. He says, at the throne, you will sing in tune and perfect pitch in a choir of millions of voices, including people from every epoch in history, every nation on earth, and every station of life, each tuned perfectly to one another and to the Lord. Billions of angels will join you at the throne in celestial crescendos that defy description. Ultimately, every animal, every fish, and every bird will join you in jubilant praise and worship of their creator king. Think about it. You may be standing behind a regal Ethiopian warrior and in front of a Polish grandma, together proclaiming God's worth with an enormous glowing angel on one side and a happy polar bear on the other. <laughs> Now, that's one church service you will not fall asleep in. <laughs> Worship is really the whole theme of heaven. Everything that we will do, all of the learning, all of the fellowship, all of the work, all will be done to the glory and honor of God as acts of worship. And everything will finally be as it should be. And I promise you, you'll have the time of your life. <laughs> you never felt this way before. I swear it's the truth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's the 35 years since that movie came out this year. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, Praise God. Okay, worship team, can you come back? This is just a taste, you know. We can barely really fully describe with human words uh, in the English, limits of the English language, just how wonderful this will be. If you're in home church this week, um, you will have more time to talk about how awesome this will be. Um, man, it's just going to be so good. Uh, I encourage you to be there through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Let us pray.